The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We're handing out midterm report cards for all your favorite soaps today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. We are back here live this week. I'm your host for the next hour, and my name is Dan Kroll. Or, as I found out earlier in the week, I have an alias. It's Dan Kroll. Who knew? I've always wanted to have an evil twin. Uh, Of course, I guess, depending upon who you talk to, I might be the evil twin. But for at least the next hour, I promise to be the good twin as we talk about anything and everything soap. It is Friday, July 11th, 2014. The year is... Gosh, it's really just whizzing by. It's more than halfway over, and that means it's time for our mid-year report card for all your favorite soaps. On today's show, we're going to take a look at some of the stories that have soared and some that, well, just haven't quite gotten off the ground on the Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless. All four soaps will be featured prominently on today's show. We're going to try to mix it up. We're going to make sure that we talk about as many of the shows as we can and give each as much time as possible. I'm going to be joined by some of your favorite SoapCentral.com Two Scoops columnists, but we all want to hear what you think. This is essentially a call-in show, so we'd like for the next hour for you to give us a call, talk about your favorite couples, your favorite characters, the stories that you love, and the ones that have driven you crazy all in the first six months of 2014. So get out your red markers and help us grade your favorite soaps performances so far in 2014. But in order to do that, you're going to need to pick up the phone and give us a call at 866-472-5788. Again, 866-472-5788. If for some reason you can't make it to the phone because, well, maybe you've decided to sniff the red marker instead, well, first, just say no. And then second, head over to your Twitter machine, follow us at Soap Central, and then send your comments there. I'll be poking around during the show read some of what you're saying. Maybe those comments will even make it here on the air. We've got some folks that are lined up waiting to join us. We're going to get to them in a moment, but I want to bring on one of our long-running Two Scoops columnists on SoapCentral.com. She's written in the past for The Bold and the Beautiful, but you know her mainly for writing for General Hospital. She's not been here so far this year, I don't think. We'll, we'll check with her in a minute, but I think the last time she was here was for our year-in-review show. Let's bring on Tammy Lou. Tammy Lou, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be on, Dan, and you're right. It was at the end of the year last year for the wrap-up. Why have you been avoiding I've been us? <laughs> <laughs> You've been avoiding us. There's a reason, I'm sure. Let's find yeah, out. Yeah, it's, it's 
just a job. It's just I work on Fridays, so today is a special bonus day that I get to hang out with you guys. I'm really excited to be here. Wow! So we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into our discussion of soaps. There, well, actually, no. Before we get into that, there's there's some discussion. Big, big news everywhere you turn to. They're talking about a big trade in in essence. Someone who's gone from one spot that they've been known, and now they're going to someplace else that maybe they're they're not known for. It's not LeBron James. It's Allison Sweeney. She's jumping from Days of Our Lives, and she's going over to GH to do some directing. Tammy Lou, what are your thoughts on that? There are a lot of Days fans who feel maybe betrayed, but you know, it's it certainly is a lot less time in terms of being a director, I would think, than to being the star of a soap where you're on five days a week and, and working for 10 to 12 hours a day. Absolutely, and I think she's been doing double duty, too, for a while. She's been on The Biggest Loser for a few seasons now, too, so maybe she just wants to be able to mix it up a little bit, do something new, and not have so much pressure on her. She can direct a couple episodes pursue some other things and I do feel sorry for the fans on days though because I know what it's like when someone you absolutely adore leaves the show so but I'm excited to see what she brings to the table she's been in soaps for a long time so it'll be great to see what her directing eye looks like there's some other GH news too that I want us to uh, sort of get into it on just a little bit of detail but for folks who want more information just go to soapcentral.com you can click over to our GH section all of the things that we're about to talk about are there front and center for you to check out but uh, Tony Geary Tammy Lou, we know that he takes a yearly break in the summer. He goes home to Amsterdam for a bit. But this year he's going to be off screen a little bit more because he's recovering from back surgery. So they're expecting him to potentially be off screen for up to six months. It's kind of a big deal for GH right now. It is. It's kind of tragic, too, because the way the storyline was left when he left the canvas, of course, was the, wouldn't you like to know, lingering there in the air. And we still don't know who bad Luke is. We know that good Luke is tied up in a straitjacket. We're very worried, and we're not going to have an answer for a really long time. That having been said, I've been watching Tony on GH since I was in high school, and I absolutely am mostly concerned about his health. I want him to recover. But there's that part of me that every day for the next six months is going to say, who is that evil Luke? <laughs> well, let's rope that into our discussion of grading the highs and lows, the goods and the bads of 2014. We want to sort of give all of the soaps a grade. Where would you put the fluke, as they're calling it, storyline, the fake Luke? Is that a high? Is it a low? Is it somewhere in between? Do different parts of it maybe fall into the, the highs and the lows? Give us the scoop on that. Well, Tony Geary, as far as acting, I think it's a high. He's having a good time with it. He said he was getting kind of bored playing the same character. It gave him a chance to do something new and exciting, which is great. From a viewer's standpoint, I was getting kind of bored (laughs) because I just want to know who it is. I think I probably would have been more invested if I had known. Like when uh, Faison was pretending that he was Duke, I knew it was Faison, so I was a little bit more invested than when I'm just trying to, like for months, try to figure out who it is and not getting any answers to the mystery. It just makes my brain too crazy. Well, we're going to talk more about Days of Our Lives coming up later in the show, but I do want to sort of rope it in to the discussion about Fluke. Because one of the things I noticed with Days of Our Lives is just this week, and spoiler alert for those out there who haven't watched this week's shows yet, Sammy has finally lowered the boom on EJ and Abby. And this is a story that's really been sort of slowly simmering for a long time. What's the difference between something like that where the payoff at the end of an episode is, is so dramatic 
dramatic and so incredible, comparing it to what's going on to GH with Fluke, which is a story that's simmering for a long time. People are wondering who is Luke really and what's going on. Why is there something different about that than what was going on with Days of Our Lives, where they've done the same simmering process? I don't know. I think sometimes when things are engaging and you're kind of willing to watch the storyline slowly unfold and then there's a point in time where it just in in the general hospital situation everybody that's all they can focus on it's like you're not watching the storyline anymore all you're thinking about is who is this person and it kind of takes away from the story because you know the per- you once once you finally realized that Luke was not Luke then the whole focus of the storyline just became who is this crazy person that looks like you, Luke, sounds like Luke, but isn't Luke, and it kind of, uh, whatever storyline he's in, all you're thinking about is who is he. Let's go to the flip side of things that maybe just aren't working. We're going to bring in uh, another caller in just a second, but I'm going to let you set it up with your, maybe the storyline, or is there a character, is there, is there just one thing about 2014 on GH so far that, just in your opinion, hasn't worked at all? Hmm, hasn't worked at all. I know there's a character that you absolutely want deported ASAP, but I don't know if that would be your... (laughs) I absolutely despise the character of Levi. Every time he's on, I get this creepy feeling up my spine. I I waited all the time while Maxie, while actually, while Kirsten was on maternity leave, so she would come back because... The day that she left and she and Nathan first met, I thought, aha, there's a spark there. And I was waiting for her to get back so the two of them could have the romance that they so richly deserve. And instead, she came back with that freaky, tofu-eating, crazy, hippie, protesting maniac. (laughs) I want him to go away, far away, far away. If you have some thoughts about General Hospital and you're listening to us talk about it, why not call in and give us your thoughts? The number is 866-472-5788. We're now going to bring in Brent Coombs, who's going to talk also about some of her picks for GH, and then we're going to move on to some other soaps. But Bren, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hey. I want to jump right into GH. You and I were chatting on Facebook earlier in the week, and you gave maybe a a one-sentence summary that showed me that you were all up to date on GH. What do you think about 2014? How has GH been overall for you? Uh, I would give it a a B+. Um, I really like all of the baby drama that's been happening with... Um, you know, Patrick finding out that Sabrina was pregnant and then the baby dying and then all of the the turmoil with um, Maxie and Lulu and Britt and, you know, who does the baby belong to and then who's going to get custody of the baby and then now with Gabriel dying. Um, obviously, anytime you have a baby die, it's a good story. Um, so I'm enjoying all of that. Tammy Lou, I want to rope in for a moment. I know that you get a lot of feedback from your Two Scoops column. What are you hearing from people uh, about the baby storylines? I know that there are some in the camp that think, you know what, there are too many dead baby storylines. There are others who say it does make for incredibly dramatic television for some of their favorite actors. What are your thoughts and what are you hearing? What I'm hearing is I hear, I'm getting a lot of complaints of people like, why does everybody that has a baby, why does the baby have to die? Why do they, is it never their baby? Why do they have to give the baby back? It is great drama, but I think sometimes 
people get a little overwhelmed when there's so much sadness and not enough happiness to balance it out. They'd like for at least one couple to be happy and have a baby, which we got a little bit that with Dante and Lulu. They finally got their baby back, and they might be having another baby. So maybe there are token happy baby stories. <laughs> get one, one a year. Every time someone says baby back, it makes me think of chili. So I don't know where this, this segue is going, but Bryn... Uh, everyone knows I like a good snack, and snacks are fulfilling. They make you happy. What on General Hospital? It's a great segue. We'll see how it works. What on General Hospital has made you the happiest and left you feeling the most fulfilled in 2014? Bringing on Michelle Stafford. I, I'm loving Nina. I think she's the perfect mix of of crazy and watching her go from being composed to then those flares of just being outright insane. I'm just enjoying every minute. I'm eating it up. So what do you think? I mean, is she, is she a mean, is she a villain? Is she, you know, she's just woken up after 20 years. I I guess she deserves to be at least a little bit cranky. What's your real take on her? Well, given what we know about her mother and how crazy her, her mom is, I I'm thinking that maybe it was always kind of there under the surface, and then all of this turmoil that's happened to her kind of kicked it off. Tammy Lou, yes. what do you think of Nina? Do you like her? Does she drive you crazy? Do you want to give her a high five when she does these nasty things to people, as I do sometimes? <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, here's the thing. I think she's crazy, but I like her. <laughs> I'm very much with Bren. That it's very watchable. It's it's a really fun storyline to watch, and there are moments that are very tender when uh, her and Silas were watching the fireworks on the Fourth of July. You kind of felt for her that she's been in a coma for 20 years. She finally has this happy moment back. In the meantime, she's watching her husband with a, a completely different woman. She's slept through 20 years of her life. I can see where she'd be angry. But I'm really enjoying the storyline, and, and she's crazy, and I think, you know, she's related to Dr. Olbrook, so, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much a given that if someone in that family is, uh, I think they're pretty much all crazy. It's in the gene pool. It's in the DNA. I don't know if our next caller is crazy, but I do know that she, like you, Tammy Lou, is very, very excited about LeBron James returning to Cleveland. Let's bring <laughs> in Katrina right now. Katrina. Hello. Talk about I mean this this is an hour of soaps, but we have to mention this this fact that everybody in in the world is talking about LeBron James. What are your thoughts <laughs> being that you are in the Ohio as we speak? Yeah, you know when they started talking about this decision two point was coming out, I was kind of indifferent about it. I said, I'm not gonna get excited. I'm just gonna kinda of sit back and watch and see what happens. Um, so I was kind of surprised when he said he was coming back, pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it's great for the city. I think it's going to be great for our downtown area, um, economic-wise, for the businesses, for the fans, for the team itself. Uh, so I'm excited that he's going to be wearing the wine and gold again this year. 
There are, though, as I'm sure you're aware, there are some people who are upset about this. There are folks in Miami that are burning jerseys. Let's move slightly away from all of those areas. Let's go to Genoa City, Wisconsin. There are some storylines that fans maybe haven't liked, Katrina, and they are wanting to burn their jerseys of those storylines. <laughs> What are some of the stories in 2014 in the first half of the year on YNR that maybe you haven't been feeling as much as you would have liked? Um, I think I had mixed feelings regarding the Delia storyline. I think acting-wise, everyone was fantastic. But, you know, again, as you guys mentioned before, a child died. So there was that whole, it brought great drama, but you hated to see a little girl die, especially another Abbott child. Um, but Bren, you know, we were at the Emmys just a, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a big, big night for the young and the restless, and I feel like they are only going to seize off the momentum from the being named Outstanding Drama Series as we move into the second half of 2014. What are some of the things on YNR that you've been enjoying? Me? Yes. I'm, I'm really missing Chloe. Um, I, I loved the dynamic between her and, and, uh, Missy's character, the name is escaping me at the moment. Um, but Chelsea. Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea. Um, and I, I feel like they could have had some, some really good rivalry there. So I, I think the Chelsea character is interesting in the fact that, you know, she's, she's grieving her husband. Um, I, I'm hoping to see, more of where they're going to take Chelsea, and I would like to see her go darker. I would like to see her, hmm. uh, maybe when Ada comes back, like they'll team up and, and tear up Genoa City. I don't know. I want to sort of talk about something that uh, fans on the Internet feel very passionately about, it seems, either one way or the other. Tammy Lou, uh, yes. you as a fan of General Hospital have been watching when Jill Farron Phelps was executive producer for whatever reason this is it's not my place to speculate but fans feel very passionately about her one way or the other there are folks who strongly dislike her there are others who think that she's you know she knows exactly what she's doing she knows how to run a tight ship which is very good especially when we're we're, we're cutting corners what is what is your take from having been a, uh, on GH you know, you've heard the pluses and the minuses. Just what is the background from a GH perspective about Jill Farron Phelps? From a GH perspective, it seems that during her reign at General Hospital, there was a lot of uh, focus on certain characters, and a lot, a lot of other characters got left along the way, which was problematic for viewers who liked a, a better mix of storyline. And I think a lot of people feel that when Steve Burton left General Hospital as Jason to jump ship to uh, Y&R after he <laughs> made a very polite statement that he was going to take some time off to be with his family, and I think maybe like four minutes later we got the <laughs> announcement he was going to Y&R, that um, he went with her, and she wrote very heavily for Jason, and now she's writing very heavily for Dylan. So I think that people kind of felt like there were some certain characters got more attention than others, and I think that's probably true on the other end now, too. 
Thank you for giving us a great segue. We do want to send out our congratulations to Steve Burton and his wife. They are the proud parents of baby number three on Twitter. Steve said, thanks for your prayers. Brooklyn Faith Burton has arrived. Mama and baby are doing great. Much love. As I mentioned, the third child. We've got a whole lot of great stuff, Katrina, that are going on. Uh, Richard Sims, when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned that he thinks Doug Davidson already has his Emmy reel in the bag for some of the scenes recently that are going on. It's, uh, I think finally, after maybe a year, it's been great to see that Steve Burton's character, Dylan, has been finally woven into the show a little bit better. What's your take on that? That's actually one of my favorite storylines. Um, I'm glad we found out that Dylan is the son of Paul and not Ian. Here, here. Um, <laughs> I was like, yes, Paul begat Dylan. I'm happy about this. Okay. <laughs> um, I think Doug Davidson has been doing spectacular work. Um, I love the scenes that he had recently with Steve Burton. It's going to be interesting seeing how those two characters, um, I guess, melt together as time goes on, uh, connecting as father and son. When there's, you know, I'm, I'm looking at things. We talked about Jill Farron Phelps and how she can, you know, really watch the budget of the shows. I'm not entirely sure how The Bold and the Beautiful does this. And hopefully we're going to have Brad Bell on the show in a couple of weeks to find out how. But The Bold and the Beautiful is once again headed abroad. This time the rumor on the, the street or the internet or the canals in, in Amsterdam <laughs> is that they're going to Amsterdam. It's very exciting. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure how they do this. Brad Bell explained in an interview that uh, you know they they go to these locations for other business, and they just happen to pluck some producers and, and, and videographers off the street, and they're able to make these abroad episodes fairly cheaply. But you know, it, it's it's kind of amazing, Bryn, that B and B is the only soap anymore. It's a 30 minute soap, and somehow they're finding every other month they're finding a way to to travel somewhere fun and exotic. What are your thoughts? I think we need to figure out how to do that for this show. <laughs> and I'd be willing to put in some suggestions and, um, you know, go along to help uh, facilitate that. Whatever if only we knew someone. We need to figure out. <laughs> if only we knew someone with a family connection to the Voice America people. <laughs> <laughs> point taken. Work, point taken. Work on that. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I had to, you know, put that out there. So, <laughs> Amsterdam. Amsterdam, we had Italy a couple of years ago. They were in the United Arab Emirates earlier this year. They're going to. They've been to Paris. It just hasn't aired on, on the show. What do you think is going to take place in Amsterdam? I mean, we have so many things going on, Bryn. Do you, do you think it's going to be the same love triangle that just plays out in another foreign country? Yeah, probably either Ridge or Liam have some, some girl on the side there, and then it'll, you know, turn into a, a square romance. Maybe I think it'll Quinn's going to go there to make stores. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, I, 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 anything is possible, I guess, there, Tammy Lou. So, <laughs> I, I mean, let's just put it out there. Since they're traveling places, is there anywhere else that we'd like to see the bold and the beautiful go? Alaska. Alaska? 
Okay. Katrina? London. Okay, that's that was high on my list. Tammy Lou? I'd go for Ireland. Hmm. Okay. So let's since we're traveling around the world, we have to make a stop in in the present and talk about some of the things in two thousand fourteen that maybe did not work. I feel for the bold and the beautiful, and this is just my opinion, there are far more things that have worked than the other way around. But let's focus quickly on the things that didn't work. Tammy Lou, is there anything on B&B in 2014 so far that just hasn't hit the mark for you? Actually, it's the soap that drives me the least crazy right now. I know that they do it. There's a lot of repetitive with Love Triangle, but I still like it. <laughs> so um, I, I think probably... The thing that was driving me crazy was Bill not working at Spencer Publications, but now he's back. So, You know, things. everybody needs a, a temporary change of job. And speaking yeah. of change of job, I knew you were on your break, so I want to give you, before we let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the thing you most liked on The Bold and the Beautiful so far in 2014. I actually really like the character of Wyatt, and I've enjoyed getting to know him. And I, as a viewer, sometimes when there's a love triangle, I have a strong opinion one way or the other, but I could see... I, I wanted hope with Liam, but I also wanted her with Wyatt, and I've enjoyed watching that triangle unfold, and I think it's been a great year. And I also really like the location shoots we were talking about earlier when they were in uh, Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates, just like all those sky scenes where I was daydreaming of the, <laughs> the beautiful blue ocean out before me. Those were very nice. It is. I mean, it's it's so nice that they're, however they're able to, to stretch the budget, if they're they're passing a plate or whatever they're doing, it's nice to see that the Bold and Beautiful goes some, some different places. It makes it for a lot of fun. But I'm going to let you pass Rich, the dinner oh, plate or the lunch plate. or what, You have something more yeah, before we let you go? Just go ahead. one more. Ridge and Katie kind of drive me crazy. Okay, I got that on my system. They drive you crazy. Well, we'll have to talk about that in, in the next <laughs> half of the time. show. But Tammy Lou, thank you so much thank for you, dropping by to chat with us. Hopefully it won't take another six months to get you back. No, thank you so much for inviting me today. It was great talking to everybody. We are letting Tammy Lou go, but we still have Brent and Katrina on the line. If you want to call in and talk about The Bold and Beautiful or Young and the Restless, we're going to be talking about Days of Our Lives in a couple of bits. Give us a call at 866-472-5788. Let's go to Bren, Bold and Beautiful. What is your favorite or what is the best story so far of 2014? Um, I kind of like how, how hope is, is starting to kind of get some kahunas and um, the lash out at Bill was really good. I like the, I mean, I keep wondering, because, you know, on soaps, anytime someone isn't acting quite right, usually it ends up being an evil twin or something like that. This is the bold and the beautiful. I don't think that they're going to go that route. But if we were in Vegas, Katrina, what would the odds be that Ridge isn't really Ridge, that he's someone else? You know, being a soap, I would say it's 50-50 chance. <laughs> really? You, that's a lot <laughs> higher than I thought it would be. Okay, so let's assuming, uh, assuming that he is not really Ridge and he's someone else. Who is he? Where did he come from? Is he Zack Slater? Oh. <laughs> I don't really? know. Possibly, you know uh, <laughs> That'd be I, interesting. <laughs> or he's Faison. He could be Faison. Who knows? I don't know that... I don't know that the Bold and the Beautiful has any uh, prohibitions against them from using all my children characters. It's just General <laughs> Hospital. So let's, let's take that out of the equation. What are your thoughts, though, on Ridge's uh, issues that he's having? You know, there, there are a lot of people who feel very strongly about this because they've 
gone through writer's block or they've, they've known someone who's gone through a creative block. How do you feel about Ridge's return from the watery depths of the Persian Gulf, Katrina? Well, I haven't watched too much of that storyline. Um, oh, um, not, not really sure. Um, no, that's fine. We, I, think I, he, I think eventually, I, I thought that about the part about him getting, well, he, he was dumped off the plane, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it should be interesting because, you know, nothing on the show's brand stays a secret for too long. And it's really only a matter of time before everybody finds out exactly what happened. And I think it's going to throw another sort of a wrench into the program. Because we see earlier this week, uh, Katie and Brooke had decided, you know what, maybe things are better now. We also had Liam and Wyatt have decided, hey, you know what, thank you for saving me from your crazy mom and stabbing me. Everything is is, is better now. Let's, let's call, call a truce. But as we know, this is the bold and the beautiful, and people really don't stay happy with each other for far too long. So what are you thinking, Brent? I mean, how long before things fall, explode? Probably not very long. I mean, yeah, I I mean, honestly, I don't really watch The Bold and the Beautiful. Um, so I feel like it's kind of the same storyline over and over again, and they keep cycling back. So I'm sure it'll be any day now. Well, let's talk then about our last soap that we have not yet gotten to. We're going to bring in one of our Days of Our Lives, Two Scoops columnists. We have Larissa on the line who has agreed with a lot of our talk about crazy people. Larissa, welcome to Soap Central Live, or welcome back, I guess. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm wonderful. It has also been a long time since you've last been here. I think you and Tammy Lou were on the last show together back for our Best of Worst of 2013. So where have you been? Why have you been hiding? Well, you know, I've been covering some really great days episodes, so anytime that takes up my time, I'm happy for that. Well, it certainly has been, as we mentioned, sort of in passing during the General Hospital discussion, it's been on fire this week. It's been a slow build with the, the Sammy, Abby, EJ stuff, and people have been you know, wondering when would it play out, and sometimes soap fans don't have a lot of patience. They want things now, 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 but this is a really good example of the show keeping something simmering and pulling it out or putting it back on the, on the flame at the right time. Talk about it. Well, I think what's really great about it is, well, obviously the elephant in the room is that we all know that Allison Sweeney is leaving days. So any, this, she's just making the most out of this victory lap that she's gotten with this story. So we're all really glued because I think everybody's kind of rooting for her. And I mean, she's been such, I mean, such a soap stud and such a proud member of the Days family that we all want to see her go out like, you know, just as glorious and, you know, flames and whatever it is for Sammy, but we're rooting for her. But I think the thing that really makes it good is that they saved the pivotal piece of the fact that we we knew Abigail and EJ whenever it found out they were going to get their comeuppance, but we just found out a couple weeks ago that Sammy's been in on it for a while. And when that happened, it kind of re-energized the storyline because we were all like, oh, okay, now now we're reinvested in it. 
I want to quick circle back in. I want to bring Brandon and Katrina in on this before we let them go. But there is another swap. We talked about the LeBron James swap. We've talked about the Allison Sweeney swap. There is also a wife swap that will be going on between Tyler Christopher and Ron Moss. Bren, what do we think of this celebrity wife swap soap edition? It sounds like it could be very interesting. I think it's a great idea, and I can't wait to watch it, and I'm really hoping that it'll turn into something and they'll start pulling more daytime actors into the fold. Do you think one or more of the, I mean, we know mostly Ron and we know uh, Tyler, but their their wives, which of of these couples do you think is going to potentially provide the most explosive television? I'm kind of thinking Ron and Devin will be uh, very entertaining to watch. I think all of them are going to be fun. Katrina, what about you? What do you think of this celebrity wife swap? I'm actually looking forward to seeing this. Um, I I love the twist that they're bringing on the daytime soap stars for this. And um, as far as bringing in the most drama, I can probably see most uh, both um, doing that, but maybe more on the moth side of the family, maybe? Not sure. Well, it is... I I agree. It's coming up later this month. We have all the details on SoapCentral.com. Please go and check it out. Brandon and Katrina, I want to thank you for joining us for the first half of the show to talk about the soaps. Thank you for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. We will have you back soon to talk about maybe some non-soapy things. Stay tuned, guys, for those details. But I'm going to go back to... Larissa and talk. Larissa, we have some other gang. You know, you're not the only one who writes Days of Our Lives. Talk about your partner in crime, Tony, since he's my, not here with us. Tell us everything we need to know about him. Well, my partner in crime, Tony, is the biggest Days fan I know. And by Days, I mean Kristen. And so, Kristen, the fabulous Emmy winning Eileen Davidson, is coming back this summer. And I mean, I think the guy has been planning multiple parties since last year. I mean, he's just thrilled. So, he's going to be so excited. It's going to be a great summer in Salem. Well, let's find out if he has been planning parties. Surprise, we have Tony on the line. <laughs> Tony, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. I apologize, I'm a little tardy. I uh, decided to cut through town, Horton Town Square, and I and ended up uh, getting slapped twice, slapping somebody once in coffee. So, right. Yeah. It happened. Well, I'm sorry, partner. Stuff happens. I, I really want to circle back and talk about some of the highs and lows of Days of Our Lives for this year. Uh, you know, one of the, the interesting things that we have is that we had uh, a bunch of acting wins for Days of Our Lives at the Daytime Emmys. We had lead actress, supporting actor, younger actor. It seems that after a long time, and, you know, people can argue that it's only because there are fewer soaps on the air, but Days of Our Lives really seems to have found its stride. Gone are the days of devil possessions, and, you know, there are still some some fun and campy things. What is it? Uh, we'll, we'll go to Tony first. What is it about days that it finally seems to be capturing the attention of everybody where they're now realizing that it's a great and solid soap? Well, I think the, the, the storylines in, in, in of themselves, excuse me, um, they're just, they're moving at a better pace. I mean, not all of them. There's uh, one in particular that's dragging on a little bit too long. 
but it's just they're a little more character driven than before, and I think that that in itself is giving a chance for the actors to shine. And I think that you know the cast is a little bit smaller than it has been in the past, so it's like you know you kind of you can you get your couple characters that are airtime hogs, but at the same time you get really strong characters who play by strong actors who get to really shine and kind of drive some of these storylines. I think that's just what's roping people in. And it's really, it's been a while since we've had a lot of new characters. I mean, they're trickling in and being kind of integrated slowly, but you also have, like, you know, your Nicole's and Eric's who are just, they're driving storylines, and these are people we've known for a while, so it's kind of just like, okay, great, you know, we can see what these guys are up to, we know what they're about, let's watch them go crazy. Larissa, one of the things that folks on some of the other shows complain or grumble about is when they bring in new actors, particularly if they are existing roles and they're recasting and you know sometimes it goes over well and sometimes it doesn't what are we thinking as someone who is a days of our lives fan what do you think about the bringing in cassie DePaiva as eve um my only problem with that is that they didn't do it sooner because she is made of win i think that she's she's so good like i love her and my mom loves her like my mom texts me as she's watching her saying like I, she just likes her so much. She thinks out, she brings out really the best in Missy Reeves. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. She's such a powerhouse. I loved her on One Life to Live. And I just welcome her with open arms. I think that she does a really good job um, also with True O'Brien, who's the actress who plays um, Paige. Paige. And, mm-hmm. and she's very new to the, to the genre. So it's really great for her to have, you know, somebody to to, you know, kind of teach her the ropes. And Dave is really great about doing that. We saw that with Molly Burnett and Suzanne Rogers when they were paired. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Dave has a good habit of doing this. So I just, I, I can't say enough good things about her. I love her to pieces. And mentioning it just superficially, uh, True O'Brien looked absolutely gorgeous at the, on the red carpet of the daytime Johnny. Emmys. We have uh, some great photos in our Emmy section. Head over to SoapCentral.com, click on the Emmys option from the blue navigation menu, and you'll be able to find video interviews and some photos. And she, she looked absolutely beautiful. I do want to take a quick TiVo back in time to talk about The Bold and the Beautiful, and I know that you guys are here to talk about days, but we have Kathy from New Jersey who wants to quick. Well, she dropped off, so we were going to TiVo it back to talk about The Bold and Beautiful. I do want to thank Kathy for letting us know that the number being tweeted out on the call-in line was incorrect on Twitter. We fixed it. The number is 866-472-5788. You can give us a call and chat about that. So now that we've uh, not TiVo'd back, we're going back to, to, to live time. Let's go back and talk about some of the things, Tony. You mentioned there's something that was dragging on a little too long. What is your least favorite story so far of 2014? You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because I like the actors involved. It's just the whole Jordan's mysterious past, which re- of recent days, it's starting to heat up a little bit. Um, you know, they've introduced, like, Cousin Edith and all of the... Uh, the Deuce of Hazard grew to the storyline. So, and that, so now it's kind of getting a little bit exciting, but it just, I mean, it's been, I mean, Chrishell's been on for, what, over a year now, and we're just now kind of getting into her past, and it just, it kind of, just, it's just drug on, and I understand why they kind of put it in the back burner a little bit, but it's still gave up quite a bit of airtime, and so it just, you know, and also just like, Kate has so much going on right now, like Lauren Coslow, just, you know, with the Sammy and then the Nick's murder, so it just seemed like they would just throw her in there, she would dip her toe in the kiddie pool storyline and then go back to the main one, so it just, it kind of felt clunky and a little bit, like, unfleshed out at times, so hopefully with now that the whole, you know, the whole family is in town, we can get this ball rolling and, or, you know, get this 
I don't know, hay bale rolling down the hill and see what we can do to, uh, you know, make it exciting. And hopefully the payout is worth this, like, you know, year plus wait to see what, you know, actually did happen to Jordan and Ben when they were children. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I did tease Chriselle this year at the Emmys. I said, you know, last year when you were hosting Red Carpet with us, we didn't know who your character was. We weren't allowed to say the name. We didn't know anything. And now a year later, we know your name. And well, but at least we had a name, but we really right. don't know all that, that much about her. It's, this is the, the thing going back to Larissa, the thing that I, I'm curious about is the pacing. We have talked probably more times than we should about the fact that Days of Our Lives is taping 13 years in advance right. with their crazy production schedule. Sometimes things work really, really well where like I, I mentioned the, the pacing of the, uh, Ejemi, Ejabi, whatever you want to call it thing, worked really, really well. There are some other things that the pacing doesn't seem to to make a, a big deal about. For whatever reason, this particular storyline has, it seemed like, I don't know, like maybe they didn't pace it right or they were planning for something else or they forgot about it. You know, it got lost in the recesses. I'm not quite sure why this is the only storyline that seems like it, it hasn't played out at, at a decent pace. Yeah. And it does a lot too. And there's that odd thing with, um, with Jade Harlow where she was on the show and yeah. she, you know, she was kind of getting started and then all of a sudden she was gone. You know, so I mean, I feel like maybe there was something that they had planned with that character, and it didn't work out. I mean, here's me. I know nothing. I'm just totally making stuff up. But that's kind of what it seemed like. There was maybe a beat that we missed there. Um, and, and yeah, and I'm with Tony. It's very odd. It's a very odd use of um, Lauren Coslow's Kate as well, because whenever she's, you know, goes back to this Jordan thing, it's kind of like there should be a prompter that says, we interrupt your current great storyline to let Kate go do this real quick. You know, like, and she like runs back in and then she runs back out. So yeah, there's, it's just, it's just off. It's, I'm with Tony. It's not, not my favorite either. But we are, you know, as we, you mentioned, you're, you're seeing some uptick in it. Perhaps now finally we've got all the pieces in place. And, you know, once we, we focus away, you know, maybe we, they change some of the story or the pacing up because of uh, James Scott and Allison Sweeney leaving. Maybe they, they shifted some things and, and some storylines had to get bumped. But now that everything seems to be in place, maybe that will be on the uptick and we'll be able to, to even everything out. Let's go to favorite couples of 2014 and rating some of the, the best romances. Tony, where on the love meter has Days of Our Lives ranked so far in, in 2014? I'm thinking of those old bar things where you, you know you, you grip it and it lights up. Where, where, where's Days at on this? Well, the funny part is actually my favorite couple who, who you know, and they're not romantic ones. Like my favorite couple I've been watching this year so far has been Kate and Sammy. Like they're just hysterical together you can tell you know lauren and allison have just worked together for so long and it's just like you're kind of a beautiful swan song for allison you know to be able to work with with lauren and just like have fun so you know who needs romance when you have revenge that's what i kind of think on that <laughs> larissa one of the things that sometimes soaps try to do is force couples upon us and tony has been trying to force tony and ben on us in his column for at least <laughs> three weeks right now <laughs> 
why why is he doing this why why is he trying to force something upon us that just isn't working (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know that it's not working i mean you must have insider information that i don't know because i mean like you know the two of them seem very happy and you know the twitterverse likes them so you know i i i don't know i think i think i may be a team uh not not team bony. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is brought to you by the NC double uh, NC summit team right. portion of the show. Right, right. I know, <laughs> but yeah, no, they could work. They could work. I, um. I have finally figured out why at the top of the show they say the views and opinions expressed on this show. <laughs> I always wonder you know, what do they expect me to say. Well, now I know it's not me. It's you guys. It's it's, a, it's totally it's us bony. and it's totally Nana too. <laughs> Well, that's why we've we've managed to keep her away. We we send her off on Fridays to you know find other things to do between six and seven <laughs> Eastern. Uh, I want to go and you know we talk about the the things that are good and the things that are bad, and there are sometimes there are things that we wish would have happened and didn't quite. Sometimes those are romances, and that was the focus of the first column in your new summer blog series that you're writing. It's it's always fun for folks who are not quite familiar with this. I'm going to let Tony and Larissa talk about it to let us know what the blogs are. Tony, what is this summer series that we speak of? Well, uh, you know, uh, Larissa and I are both kind of wordy people, so we often find ourselves like, hey, we should do a blog about this so we can, you know, not have 10-page columns. And so we started last year, we did um, the Summer of Sinners, which we focus all about the bad guys and gals of Salem. And so this year, we're, you know, we were brainstorming a couple months ago. We're like, okay, we have a couple options, but like, let's just turn this all around and we'll focus on love. So this is our Summer Lovin' uh, blog series, which is basically, we just do... Uh, between four, three and four uh, countdowns in June, July, August, and usually in September we wrap it up because that's officially the last month of summer. Um, and, yeah, and so this year we're focusing on couples. Uh, last month we posted our first one on the 22nd for the first day of summer, which was uh, kind of fantasy couples and ones we always thought, like, you know, why were these two on this show at the same time and never, you know, quite together? And so I think it's next weekend we have our second installment coming out, so that'll be kind of exciting. And we're Can working ahead a little bit. We even have something special brewing for next summer with the 50th, uh, you know, the countdown to the big 5-0. Ooh, well, one thing at a time. Can you preview, Larissa, what we have in store for the next summer series blog? Sure, sure, yeah. So, like Tony said, we have four different blogs. Um, we did the one that was couples that should have been. And um, next up, we're going to do couples that should get back together because there are a lot of reasons, great reasons to break up on soaps. There's also a lot of reasons that never really made sense to us as fans. And we were like, really, those two crazy kids like really need to try again because they were great when they were together and their reason for breaking up was kind of wonky. So, um, yeah, so we're going to have a list of them that comes out on uh, yeah the 21st of this month. And then after that, we're going to do some other ones. We have other ones planned that are um, kids of super couples, which is a very competitive category. So, um, you know, everybody needs to be on their best behavior, Sierra, and hopefully that they can try to make the list. (laughs) And uh, and then we're going to try to do uh, best super couples overall, which is going to be a really big challenge because there's so many. I was going to say, that seems like that might even be an unfair column. That, that Everybody needs to be fit into that. There's some, some great super couples. I am in the process, though, of tweeting out a 
interactive portion of the show, I want to find out from folks, soap aside, whichever one you watch, is there a soap opera couple that wasn't but should have been on your favorite soap? Head over to our Twitter feed. We are asking the question now, and we're already getting some interesting responses. Go over to Soap Central on Twitter. Find it out and tell us what your thoughts are. I also want to read quickly some of the other comments that are coming in. I I said I would poke around from Young and the Restless fan, USNCS, that no doubt the web cooking show ridiculousness on Y&R was the worst storyline so far of 2014 on general hospital we have Fizzlefoot one i like reading these names for some reason they, they make me they make me uh, chuckle uh, best couple on general hospital of 2014 patrick and sabrina we have jp voss radio of course it's wyatt and hope uh their favorite couple for the bold and the beautiful we have a difference of opinion from dylan-esque 2604 ali and oliver uh, let's see what else we've got here. Just going along here. Uh, a lot of people say, I just think like some storylines, they go on a bit too long, like baby snatchings. That is the, in reference to the Nina storyline on general hospital. So there are a lot of people who are out there milling about, keep continuing to talk. I'll keep reading your comments and I'll keep trying to fit them in here. But I do want to, you know, sort of go off track a little bit and talk about since we did the summer series of blogs what are some of your favorite things about summer i actually uh, this is uh, they say don't ask a question you don't know the answer to i have no idea if tony larissa actually likes summer i'm going to assume that they do tony help me out here what do you like most about summer if you say you don't like it we're going to mysteriously drop your call continue (laughs) um okay well the thing i like most about summer is that it um is the uh, prelude to fall which is really my favorite season but if I had to pick a summer favorite thing, I guess it's just being like able to, you know, not have to wear like twenty five layers after the Arctic vortex this winter. Yeah, kind of eighty degrees feels pretty decent. It kind of does. What about yeah. in the in the middle of Salem, USA? There, Larissa, what are you uh, most enjoying about summer? Um, let's see. Summer in Salem right now. Well, we already talked about her. I am loving um, Cassie. And I think that really this whole this whole summer for Salem is kind of just an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the leading ladies because, like we mentioned, Allison Queenie is, you know, baking everybody's breakfast on days. I mean, she is just killing it. And then Lauren Coslow is no slouch. Uh, Cassie DePaiva is great. Eileen Davidson's coming back. I mean, it's just kind of this huge, you know, influx of great, smart leading ladies. And they don't always write ladies on soap to be the smartest. Um, so it, it's nice to see that. And, oh, and while we're talking about couples and summer love, I do have to kind of mention that I'm not hating Hope and Aiden. I kind of love them a lot. Just going to mention that because we have Bope Love 1983 who says, hit Hope and Aiden's slow build of a relationship. Spoiler alert, I think it was on today's show, um, maybe it was yesterday, it doesn't matter, but they were waltzing. Oh, I mean, okay, first of all, I said to Tony, like, if we do not get to see the summer gala on Days of Our Lives, that's a huge fail, because if you get a chance to put Christian Alfonso in a ball gown, you do not pass it up. Like, that's, that's just a given rule of the universe, right? I, 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 I think I've so. I've been trying to Absolutely. shoot her about that for a while now. 
I love them. I do wish, I do have to say for the record, I do wish they would tie up this whole Invisibo storyline where they would give some sort of closure to that, both for Hope and Sierra as characters. Um, they just, that needs to, you know, there needs to be something that happens there. And I was never really thrilled. I was never thrilled with the way they handled his exit. And I haven't been thrilled with it since. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Tony, what do they do then? I mean, you have the Invisibo. I don't know if that has its own hashtag, but it officially does now. (laughs) Invisibo. Uh, What do they do? I'm watching here. We, We have enough time to talk about it. But what do you think that Days should do with this missing main character? I mean, you know, it's as stereotypical soap as it is. I think they, at this point, they just need to, like, kind of kill him off off screen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a soap. Because you always have the option of, like, oh, yeah, that wasn't my body. Or, oh, no, I slipped into the icy river and was cryogenically frozen. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> so they need to address him to get him out of the way. Let Christian Alfonso have this amazing boat is dead breakdown scene. And then restart the slow build. Because the problem I have right now is, like, I, I do really like Aiden and Hope, and they have this great, like, as, as the, you know, tweeter said, slow build to them. But what the, what the lingering thing is, like, okay, what about Bo? You know, so what about Bob? It's like, what about Bo? So I'm afraid of, like, you know, okay, Aiden and Hope get to this milestone where they're ready to give in to their passion or whatever. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we should address the Bo thing. And then they're set back, like, six months. So it's kind of like a, one of those things you kind of see, like, you know, somebody walking towards the end of the stairs haphazardly not paying attention and it's like, okay, this isn't going to end well. This is not going to end well. There are stairs that do not keep walking straight ahead. And then well, maybe like, they could do that with Bo. They can have, <laughs> just have it be a, a random accident. You know, stuff happens. Yeah. yeah, so they definitely need to address that. Like, that's the moral, the bottom of the epitome of the statement. They need to address that. And then, I so you know, agree, and there's it's, it's also the thing, like, I think about, we were talking about General Hospital earlier, and, you know, talk about um, how they had some sort of, at least some sort of quote, quote, finality for, like, Sam moving on, or when Patrick, you know, moved on, both of them thought their spouses were dead, so at least to them, they weren't doing anything wrong, and also... Like, with Bo, he's not just connected to Hope. If Hope moves on with somebody else, like, she needs to kind of have Victor's blessing and Caroline's blessing and all these other characters that know she's, she's part of this couple, you know. So for the, for the sake of kind of the whole canvas, they really need to, uh, they really need to address this. And, and I am, also, go ahead. Oh, no, there's no, this loophole, too, where uh, they had the Alamanian storyline about three or four years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to cut myself in, count, in half and count the rings to, to tell you exactly how many years. <laughs> but they had that storyline where, like, technically Bo and Hope weren't married and John and Marlena weren't married because Hope and, uh, or Hope and John were married in Alamania when they were brainwashed, which happens a lot. And how awesome sauce would it be if Vivian has had Bo this whole time as punishment for Victor, how he treated her with the whole sarcophagus and everything last time that she's been keeping him? And- let's put that out there in the universe. Uh-huh. I will do it. And then you get Vivian back. back. You love her. Done. I do too. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm getting the, the notice that we have about two minutes before we have to wrap up. So I'm going to let Tony start off. What is your grade for the first six months of Days of Our Lives of 2014? I'm going to go bold and say a, a B plus. That seems to be a very popular grade. Larissa? I think it's an A. I mean, ah, I think... Our first A of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they've done so great. We talked about uh, last summer, I think, about this time was when we talked about how they brought J.J. and Teresa and kind of bringing these 
um, you know, characters that were already part of, a part of the canvas, but brought them on. And I think they've done a really good job with them. I mean, both Casey and Jen have just been fantastic little acting additions, I think. So um, I, I just think it's been really good. I mean, the only thing that, that brings it down for me is knowing that James and Allison are leaving in the fall, which, you know, I may need to, like, you know, prepare myself. I keep having to remind myself, like, oh, no, it's so far off. But, yeah, that's the only thing that would bring it down. But I think this, I think this first half has been stellar. I think it's been great. Well, we are just about at the end of our term for this week's show. If you missed any part of today's show, head over to the Blackboard and write, I will tune in to Soap Central Live every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network 100 times. Then, when you're done, if you have any feeling left in your hand, you can click over to SoapCentralLive.com. That's the place where you can listen to any and all episodes of Soap Central Live. You can download them. You can stream them, listen to them on demand. It's all completely free. And if you're on the go, we have an app, a mobile app. You can download that as well and listen to the show wherever your travels may take you. Tony, Larissa, what is on tap for this week's Two Scoops column? Ooh, that's me. Ooh, it is you. Well, I have to pack my bags and head to Salem tonight, so I'm going to do a little marathon. So I will be tweeting as I uh, catch up and uh, writing tomorrow morning. So I'm well, very excited. I'm, like, actually very, very excited, though, because everybody's like, this week has been amazing. It's one of the best weeks this year. And I'm like, okay, I have to calm myself down. Now I can actually get excited because I'm going to be leaving work here soon and heading home. Well, no tweeting and driving for anybody out there, but you can, as I said, listen to our show on the go with the mobile app. You can even hook it through your little Bluetooth thing in your car and listen to it and and not have to worry about changing channels or anything like that. We were going to be back here next Friday. It'll be July 18th. I hope that you guys will be with us as well for another episode in the continuing saga that we like to call Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.